For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's going on, friends? It's your boy Thunder Chats here once again, coming to you with our presenting sponsor, BetOnline.ag. BetOnline remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season, everything from pro and college basketball to UFC slash MMA and more. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at BetOnline. With live betting options, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable, BetOnline is truly the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite leagues and events. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure you do use the promo code BLEAV, that is capital letters BLEAV, to receive your rewards. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. And welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Top of Thunder podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Huntsinger, at Thunder Chats, where you're part of the Believe Network, and this podcast is brought to you by the good folks at betonline.ag. Now that that is out of the way, uh, I am not by myself. I'm actually in the midst of a very – you are in the midst of a very special episode because what we have today is the return of the mats. We got Return of the mats. Every time. Every time. What's up, gentlemen? It's good. I'm just every time Matty Moles has to do that. Every single time. He's got it's, probably, it's probably because I'm on the other end of it, so I always hear it too. But it's just like uh, man. Oh, oh there I go. Yeah. Um every time that's fine. It has to be consistent. So that's true. Consistency is his tradition at this point. Um, I'm doing pretty good. It's, uh, it's a little late, but I'm glad that first half went really quickly so that we got to the mm-hmm. second half as soon as possible. And it's like, they made up for that time in the second half with all the free throws. And I'm sure we'll get Average into kind of out. some of that, but yeah, it ended up being about the same length as, as a normal game, whatever. But dude, it's nice to get a dub against the dubs finally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and we'll definitely talk about all that, but we did have another game before the Warriors game. We played the Jazz on Sunday, but before we get to that, I just I just have to say this. I've started watching Silicon Valley on HBO Max. Have you guys seen that show? Not yet. Dang. I don't okay. and I'm too poor to have HBO Max. Well, th- this is this is going to fall flat then, but uh Tierney, there's a character in the show that his mannerisms and just the his energy and the way he acts just reminds me of you. <laughs> um, I'm trying. I have to, to watch it. 
Have you seen the? Have you, yeah? Have you watched The Office? Yes. Okay, I think his name in The Office was Gabe. Yeah. Why? Why do I have to be compared to Gabe? <laughs> well, it's not. Or no, Gabe. It? it's not Gabe. It's it's uh, what's his name? Uh, there's a, there's like a handful of people listening right now that are screaming into their microphones. Uh. Let's see or, here. I'm I'm, I'm pulling it up. Screaming into their radios. Yeah, his name was Gabe. Is it Gabe? Yeah. Yeah, and it's and it's not necessary. He's that unrememberable. <laughs> okay, he so, played a very small you. role in the office, but he's he's kind of a central figure in Silicon Valley. And he isn't the same in the office. So it's not the slight like don't say that I'm comparing you to Gabe. I'm comparing you to That's the Silicon right Valley now. guy. So I'm thinking right now. So, Sad hey, no. sack of a human in the office. <laughs> now, now you got to go watch. Uh, now you got to go watch Silicon Valley and find out. I, I want to pull up what his name is really fast. I need. I, I actually want to watch it. I just don't want to. I I don't want to pay for HBO. My cousin has HBO, and I just haven't reached out to him to leech off of him yet. Okay, so his name's Donald, but they call him Jared because the boss that he worked for previously just called him Jared, and he just stuck with it. That's why. why, That's just (laughs) like Gabe, dude. Why? Why? Why would you do this to me at the beginning of the pod? Now the whole vibe is off. (laughs) You've been typecasted. All right, man. Let's let's get into it. So, on Sunday, uh, the Thunder played the Utah Jazz um, on the. Oh, not the second night of a back-to-back, but uh, the second night of a back-to-back in terms of, you know, playing Jeez. the Utah Jazz. Yes. They were victorious on, I think, yeah, Friday. Uh, there was that was a win, one thirty to one hundred three. Cone and Jerry covered that. Uh, Want to say shout out to them for covering that mm-hmm. and you know stepping up in my absence. So we had a sure. fun trip to the hospital with Nova that basically ended up being meaningless, but. That's besides the point. We might get into that in the uh, Shay or Nay at the end of the episode. But, uh, yeah, came back on Sunday. The Thunder won 129-119. And Shay returned in dramatic fashion. And, I mean, I'm just, I'm just going to start off, man, single large item. Um, Shea Gilds-Alexander, I think he missed five games, um, came out and got 38 points on 17 shots. 10 to 17 from the field, 1 to 2 from 3, 17 to 19 from the stripe, had seven rebounds, four assists, three steals, a block, was getting it done in a variety of ways. And you could tell, like, from the get go, Shea was feeling it and Shea was on one. The problem is, Shea is always on one. That That's, that's neither here nor there. He's always going to drop 30 points. He's always going to just be in command of, of the game. So I, not to, not to set aside what you said, but my, what, what was it? The single large item, single large item. Thank you. Uh, Jalen Williams, look, rookie of the year, uh, rookie of the year. Throw, Let's go throw that out early. Roddy. I need to throw it out earlier than that, to be honest, but I'm going to throw it out now. Uh, Jalen Williams, 30 points, 32 points. So, the only other player on the Thunder with 30-plus points. And this was kind of his coming out period of, you know, like 
Paolo, kind of been the the leader in the rookie of the year ladder. Uh, Cone made a great point that he shot like 3% from three at one point. And we're just going to throw that out there as like reasons he's not rookie of the year and let Jalen slide in there, but really efficient. Um, I was telling you guys before we recorded, I, I couldn't catch this game. I was box score watching, but that, so that doesn't always tell the story, but just from the box score, just really good. But then I looked on Twitter and everyone said he was really good. So I, I can confirm that um so yeah but yeah Shay Shay always is going to drop these type of stats i'm kind of it's kind of expected from him um so it's always a little bit different when someone else that doesn't always drop 30 plus points just kind of shows up out of nowhere makes it feel like he's more of a, a more of a value in terms of like the asset that he, that we've gotten for him so um yeah, in terms of like the one the one shining moment, Jalen Williams, rookie of the year. Single large size home for Jalen Williams. <laughs> I, I forgot what it was. I was just rolling uh, off uh, rolling with it. The uh the thing is, and I've been kind of like banging this drum, of course, we don't know what chat's gonna be, but you definitely need to have a second star that can handle the ball and get his own and is also looking to score from multiple levels, like you got to be able to have that guy next to Shea because Shea like operates a certain part of the floor and Giddy is most effective at attacking the basket and looking to like drive and dish. The, the key for this was you saw Jalen Williams, Santa, if you will, because I'm still part of that agenda. <laughs> um, he played good off ball, but he was able to create for himself, even having step backs, dribbling into right. threes. Um, he was four for five from three, and that's that's perfect production and what we would need out of a second star. And right now, he has all the makings to be just that for us uh, moving forward. So very good game for him. But I will take the third guy who went banana sandwich in this <laughs> game, and I'll take Josh Giddy. Um, perhaps his best game in a long while and the game tonight he built off of that momentum. We'll Ooh. talk about that in a little bit. But this game seemed like it was a get right spot for him. The game looked easy for him. Like he wasn't forcing anything. He was super aggressive when he needed to be, but he was just in the right place at the right time making the right play. And he came dangerously close again to another triple-double. He 24 points, 9 boards, 9 assists. It, it seemed like at this point, after this game was over, like, man, is Giddy ever going to get a triple-double again? So maybe that is answered with the game tonight. But, but <laughs> I, I, was very, I, I was hunting for that. I was looking for that all game against the jazz and it seemed like it was coming up and it just, he couldn't get it done. So, um, great game by Giddy. One thing I really appreciate about his game too, is the fact that he is always looking to facilitate, but really he doesn't turn the ball over a ton for as much as he handles the ball. And as much as he's passing, he seems to always find the right window, the right crease to not only get the pass off, but to get a pass off to somebody 
that is actionable and lets them do something with it. So that was on full display. He was a great connector piece between Shea and Jalen Williams. Great in the stagger with both of those guys. So, I mean, Giddy, maybe he turned the corner. Maybe he's going to finish the season strong. And I was, I just want to throw in one more uh, stat. I'm going to just call fun stat of the night. Lindsay Waters. Um, Wendy, not Lindsay. Lindy. Did I say Lindsay? Sorry. Yeah. Lindy. Uh, zero points, zero rebounds, 0. 0.4 minutes, one assist, plus four. There you go. <laughs> Contributed. Okay. All right, plus four it. and point four minutes is kind of wild, though. That that's that's what I was thinking. Plus that's four like, with one assist, like he, he must have passed to somebody that got an M one three pointer. I just I just saw that on the stat sheet. I was like, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, uh, I, I do want to go back to Jalen Williams real quick, just because I didn't get to talk about him, and, and I got stuff to say about Giddy too. But um, in Jalen Williams' last six games, which is when Shea went out with injury, uh, and that also included the return game of Shea, uh, you know, against the Jazz in the last game. Uh, Jalen Williams has been averaging 23.3 points per game, 4.6 rebounds, 5.3 assists, 60.9% from the field, 55% from the three-point line, 79.3 from the free throw line, 2.3 steals per game, 0.5 blocks per game, and I believe he has the most steals in the NBA since the turn of the new year. I was going to say 2.3 steals a game. Yeah, he's he's been going off, and I I think that if the Thunder do like what it seems like they're doing, you know, they not talk to the media before this game on Sunday, and a conversation with Shea and you know his return and what it means for the Thunder, and he's like, you know, if this was earlier in the season, we'd want Shea to rest and let this thing heal, but with it being this late in the season, the position that we're in. We're going to play him and manage him. And how they're managing him is they're changing up the rotation. Usually Shea plays the entire first and third quarters, and then he plays the back end of the second and the fourth quarter. Really like the back third or the second or the fourth quarter, but they've altered that a little bit these past couple games. Sounds like he's not going to be playing the second night of back-to-back. So tomorrow the NBA scheduled us to loss against the Phoenix Suns on the second night of back-to-back, but also the Thunder have scheduled the loss because neither Shea or Jay Williams will be playing. Um, but that's kind of an indication, um, from, you know, top down Presti and Dagnault of the, uh, of the goals that the Thunder have, because they had the excuse their superstar went down, not with one injury. He had multiple injuries. There was, there was, a a lack of clarity on what the injury was like. They had all the excuses tied in a bow and wrapped up for them, for them to throw the season away, go into the tank, and try to get the sixth or seventh pick in the draft, or sixth or seventh best lottery odds. But they want to push to win. And I I believe that if they're successful in doing so, and if Jalen Williams can come back, you know, he missed tonight against the Warriors, he's going to miss tomorrow against the Suns. But if he can come back in and, you know, get – you know, I hit the ground running and continue to contribute like he has been. I think that could really turn the tide 
in the rookie of the year race. I, I think that he surpassed Matherin at this point because Matherin's a bench player. Like Matherin's great in his own right, but like he's a bucket getter off the bench. Like Jalen Williams is affecting the game on multiple levels. He's playing winning basketball. Paolo, yeah, he's getting stats, but his stats have kind of gone down since the beginning of the year and the magic aren't going to make the play and they're not going to make the playoffs. So I, I think that the NBA might lean kind of like they did last year and reward winning over stats because Scotty Barnes didn't have the sexiest stats of all the rookies last year, mm-hmm. right. but his, he was the most effective and uh, I guess played the best winning basketball um, amongst the rookie class. And that's why he was, you know, walked away the rookie of the year. So just uh, just a little bit more of the rookie year agenda for Jalen Williams. And as the, uh, as the creator and the founder of the Santa nickname, uh, I endorse anybody calling him Santa whenever they want to call them him that until he says that he does not want to be called Santa explicitly. But for the rest of the... I, I think my policy is going to be that gearing up to Christmas time, so like that October, November, probably from the beginning of the year to Christmas, Santa is going to be like my go-to nickname. Yeah, but after Christmas, I don't know why, it felt weird calling him Santa after Christmas. Um, some people might argue, why didn't it feel weird calling him Santa ever? But it felt weird for me calling him Santa after Christmas, but I still don't want to call him J-Dub. Like, that just feels like a mouthful for me, so I'm just going to call him Dub. And that is what I will call him until the start of next season. So it's Dub and Will? Uh, I called the other one Jay. But, like, when I type it out, I type out J-A-Y. J and J. Got it. So, verbally, it could get confused. But, anyways. um, And then, uh, yeah, the other thing with, uh, you know, going back to Josh Getty, like, this wasn't just a get-right game in terms of, like, just him playing. Like, it was really a get-right game for his shooting. Like, he shot four or six from three. Like, we haven't seen Josh Giddy shoot like this since December. Wow. And, yeah. like, he was letting that thing fly, man, and it looked good. He was doing so confidently. He was uh, – he was doing – he's been doing a lot more, like, daring moves, like step backs and, um, you know, really experimenting with the ball. Um, you know, we'll, we'll touch on it in the Warriors game, but – I feel like Giddy forgets how big he is sometimes and doesn't like take advantage of his size. But you know, he he was in full control in this Utah game and also in the Warriors game. So, um, I mean, it's pretty fitting that the Thunder Big Three was our three single large items. But going into quick hits, you know, I started, so I'm going right back into it. Uzman freaking Jang, man, Jang Jang I die. Um, yeah, he made his uh, not his debut, but his first appearance. It was kind of his debut. Well, it's like his first appearance since he got injured. First major appearance in the G League, um, the other night in Utah, and he struggled. Yeah, I think he ended up with like uh, eight points or something like that, but a lot of them were in garbage time. But yeah, in this game, he was actually effective. Had 12 points, four rebounds, two steals. Was four or six from the field, hit two or three from deep, hit both of his free throw attempts, and really just looked comfortable and confident out there. And you can see that he's starting to pick up on, you know, the speed and the athleticism of NBA players because 
there was a play in which he um, got the ball inside. I think it was off of a giddy feed. He got the ball inside, and he could feel the defender trailing hard, and he just gave a head fake and waited for the defender to go by before he went up instead of going straight up or trying to absorb contact or you know freaking out and just throwing it out to somebody else. Like You could tell he's starting to learn and get more comfortable with the game, and he looked comfortable in this game. He looked comfortable tonight. So shout out, Ooze. I, I never gave up on you. I, I do got to say Alex said uh, – uh, Alex in the chat, Alex Roy, we, we love you, Alex. Uh, in the chat said, Jane Gang is back. I said, the real Jane Gang never mm-hmm. left. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, Jane I, Gang was was uh, hurt for a while, so. Hey, but Fair. it was always there, baby. I was going to say, like, I the, the most notifications I've ever had on my phone for, for Jane was... Jang is either going to the blue or Jang is going to come back to the thunder. Mm-hmm. It's like, I've never seen, I, maybe I'm just, cause I am rooting for him. I'm a little more biased, but I'm just, I notice every time I get a notification about him, it's like, Oh, he's going to one place or the other. Nobody in the history of the NBA has transferred between the G league and the NBA more than Usman Jang. And that is a fact. Which is not true, but I was about to say, but, I, we Dort transferred a lot. <laughs> I know, I know, he did, but I just—it just feels like he's been moving back and forth all the time. Um, yeah, but regardless, the yeah, I I was so I I couldn't see most of his first half because I couldn't get the live stream up, but just from what highlights I could see and from the reactions I could tell from Twitter and elsewhere, it seemed like. He it it was just fun, just a fun watch, um, and just it, it made me excited for the young core in general. Between him, Isaiah Joe, we already talked about Jalen Williams, that whole core, and you could also throw like, um, I mean, honestly, you could throw in like the other Jalen Williams or like Aaron Wiggins, even mm-hmm. for that example. Um, all those guys. Uh, just those five guys, not all of them are going to work out in the long run, obviously, but just the fact that we have five people right now that we're like, Oh, maybe is pretty, you know, that in itself is pretty cool because all we need is like one or two of those people to last a little bit into our future. And we're, you know, we're building what we wanted to build. So it's pretty cool. Um, Just one of those moments tonight where, as a Thunder fan, you can sit sit there and not only have a win against a team you haven't won against in, what was it, six years, something like that, five years. Um, I have a stat on that. I have, I have to pull it up, but something like that. Uh, no, the Warriors, we, 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 beat them in, uh, we beat them in 2020. I thought, oh, no, it was a home home win, excuse me, home win in six years. I think I think 2017 hmm. was the last home win. Is that, is that what I was thinking of? I'm not sure. I know we beat them the like third or fourth game of the season in 2020 because that was, I believe, that was our first win that year. Whenever we had Chris Paul and uh, Gallinari. Oh, excuse me. Okay. Mo- uh, Tyranny, you're muted, brother. Don't know how that happens. There he goes. I lost my mic. Hold on. Let me reconnect. 
No, you're good. Uh, while he's doing that, Moles, did you have a quick hit from this game? From the Jazz game? Jazz game, yeah. We're wrapping up it with the quick hits. Um, no, I I think we hit pretty much everything, except I guess maybe the one thing I'll say is Dort really was not great. Um, 0 for 6 from 3, 1 for 9 from the field. Not not very efficient, very much forcing it, and he didn't have to. But mm-hmm. um, that's okay. That's okay because uh, we had other guys go nuclear, so it worked out. But Dort's inefficiency at times can be very frustrating. Yeah, and it's just, it just—I mean, he had a moment tonight. You know, like I, I tweeted about it, and I didn't realize. Yeah, it was a I, had, I had the same thought too. I had yeah. the same exact thought. Well, I didn't realize it was a two-for-one situation. Like, whenever I'm watching the game, I'm just watching the game. I'm not really paying attention to the clock unless it's, like, a dead ball or something like that. So I didn't realize it was two-for-one opportunity, so it makes a little bit more sense. But Dort got the rebound, came down court, and looked off a couple people and then just did a pull-up three-pointer. I'm like, Dort, what are you doing? And sure enough, he nails it. And, I mean, yeah, it's uh, – I even tweeted later on in – during the Warriors game, like Dort giveth, Dort taketh away. Like he's gonna have these nights where he's hitting a lot, and you know there's gonna he's gonna have some of these nights where he can't hit the brass out of a barn. But one thing that's consistent with Dort is he's always gonna bring it on the defensive end, and you can sacrifice these nights where he has four points and misses all six of his three point attempts when the night before he locked up and really made it life difficult for Larry Mark and then after he dropped forty something in our previous matchup. So gotta take the good with the bad with Dort. Tina, are you back with us, sir? I'm back. Can you guys hear me? Yes. Okay. Um sorry, I don't know what you guys were talking about. I was fixing my headphones so I missed what you guys said. Um no, no you're good. I, I was just I, I was waiting to hear your stat on the the, yeah, I so I I found this from Joe Masada, or not found it. He literally tweeted it this morning. Um, <laughs> the it was the last win in the series, so I guess that means the. Well, oh, so okay, it was November of 2019, so I think it was the 2020 season. Ah, uh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that makes so sense. yeah, the reason I pulled it up though, because I thought it was pretty funny. Um, the starting lineup for the Warriors back then was Kai Bowman, Alec Burks, Bowman. Glenn Robinson the third, Eric Pascal, and Willie Cauley Stein. Nice. James Wiseman wow. season. Mm-hmm. I believe we might so have been, been another time. Like that might have been later in the season because I'm pretty sure Curry played the game that we beat them at, at the beginning of the year. Yeah, the way it's worded, it almost feels like He's talking about the last time we won a game when it's the last game of the series. So when I first read this tweet, I was assuming he meant just the last one in general, but I don't think that's actually what it means. So not as quite of an interesting of a stat, but eh, regardless, it's been a while. Who knows? Um, all right. Well, hey, we're talking about the Warriors. Let's transition into that game. It happened tonight and. Boys, this was a really fun basketball game to watch. Like, not just as a Thunder fan or Warriors fan. Like, this was just an enjoyable game to watch. High scoring, 137-128. to 
The shooters were shooting that thing. The Warriors made 23s. The Thunder made 17. Um, and, you know, the Stars came out to play, man. Miche had 33. Curry had 40. Um, Clay had 23. Giddy dropped a triple-double. Like, it, it, it was a really fun game. Um, you know, I started off with a single-large item last time. So I'm going to pass off to Moles. Moles, what was your single large item for this game? So um, in the Jazz game, uh, Jalen Williams was on the break and uh, tried to go around the defender to lay lay it in. We thought it was going to be an and one. It turned out to be a charge, and he landed on his wrist and banged mm-hmm. it up. So we're without Jalen Williams tonight, but fortunately we had Jalen Williams. <laughs> we do um, have Jalen Williams. <laughs> the other one went nuclear early. Like he, he hit everything. So he was six of 10 from the field, but three of five from three. Yep. And he had some shots in the mid range, uh, catch and shoot. He had one off the dribble, like just very involved, very efficient. I don't know how the hell he got a negative eight on the plus minus for the night, but started off early. Boom goes the dynamite. I mean, this guy that they had negative we were 10. Told, so that, that doesn't mean anything. Right. It was a very minuses. weird game for the plus minus. Um, mm-hmm. But we were told out of Arkansas, like this guy, he's willing to shoot it, but he's not, he's not going to be a very good shooter. Let me tell you, like I'm confident when he, when he pulls the trigger, I, I feel like the ball's going in every time. I don't know how you guys feel, but like mm-hmm. he's earned the benefit of the doubt for me. He doesn't really force it a lot. There was one from the corner he kind of forced because he didn't catch it clean and just went up with it. Yeah. But for the most part, he's completely set and it's in rhythm and it's a clean shot. He doesn't have a hand in his face when he's pulling the trigger. Like I I am loving uh I'll say you know, we got Santa and we also got Suey, Woo Pig Suey from Arkansas. <laughs> um, we'll just go Jalen Williams. Williams. We'll let him figure it out. Like, yeah, like he was he was awesome tonight. Yeah, I, I know. Uh, I think I think it's Chris Fullerton that's a big uh, Arkansas fan. I know he probably appreciates the the Suey. Mm-hmm. I was trying to push the Grinch yeah. for a while, but he's. I mean, he smiles a lot, like the Grinch. He's, but it's yeah, he's, he's too happy. He's too happy. Yeah, he's got the Grinch got is a devious. The I mean, I get it with Santa and the Grinch. I get that, but like, <laughs> the Grinch's smile is devious. Uh, Suey's smile just like makes you warm and fuzzy inside. It's like it's like the the best smile in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, I agree. I mean, J- the other Jalen. Stepping up tonight, uh, Jang Gang being revitalized. Um, mm. Aaron Wiggins with a great defensive uh, moment in the fourth, late in the fourth quarter. Um, Dario Saric just having himself a game. Just, I Tier- mean, it was, there was Tierney's going with what? a triple large item. <laughs> no, I just, I'm just. I, I didn't even realize we were picking one person. I was just kind of making all the highlights, like the the besides Dario, obviously, like a lot of the young core shine. So I guess that's my one shining item is the young core. Um, <laughs> I'm, calling, I'm calling an audible. 
calling an audible. Uh, <laughs> that's my that's that's what it is because we went from uh, we went from one big thing to single large item to shining big item. Mm-hmm. Is that what I said? No, he said one shining said, item. <laughs> one shining item. There you go. You know, adjectives. They're a thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'll just roll with it. So yeah, that was my uh, one big shining item. Was the young core? I uh, legitimately did not mean to, to to derail the the title. I just can't. I for the life of me, I cannot remember it every time you say it. Sorry. <laughs> It's fine. It's fine. It's not a big deal. Um, I'll try better next time. Horrible podcasting. You're absolutely fine. Um, I mean, must I mean y- y'all left him there? Someone bring it up, man. Shay had thirty-three points, and he did so by only getting to the line four times, and that was in two trips. And one was touch foul at the end of the game. Um, it, it was just an egregious performance by the officials tonight. Like specifically in the first quarter, I, Quay hit Shay so many times on drives, and it was not and getting called. The amount of Shay no calls is getting. We're we're at that point in Shay's career where he needs to start getting those superstar calls. And then was it at the end of the halftime or the? Yeah, it was at the end of halftime, I believe. No, it was at the end of the third quarter. It was one of those that Dante DiVincenzo just, like, shoulder-checked Shea, and there was Ooh. no call. <laughs> like, yeah. come on, man. It, it it was ridiculous. He didn't take his first free throw until there was, I think, eight minutes left in the third quarter, which is just... For- to be fair, there wasn't, there wasn't a lot of calls in general in the first half. It was all in the second half. Well, and everything was at the perimeter in the first half too. We weren't really attacking mm-hmm. the paint because everybody was shooting threes. But it was yeah, yeah. it was a lot faster pace. Shay still was though, man. That's what I'm saying. Like he's the lead leader, in, lead leader in drives. He's near the top in free throw attempts, and that's because of how often he's driving the basketball. And like yeah, everybody was shooting threes. I think they said that everybody that played for the Thunder in the first half made a three pointer, but. Shea was still getting downhill. He was still attacking the lane. He was still driving, and he wasn't getting rewarded for the contact. And there were a couple shots where he, you know, just barely missed it, like it barely rimmed out even through the contacts. And so he could have had an even better night if he just got a friendly roll or two. But, yeah, I mean, you've you've got to, you know, reward your player for, you know, going through the lane and absorbing contact and playing through contact. Um, so, yeah, that's that, that was annoying to me. But, I mean, he also had three rebounds, six assists, two steals. And I just continue to be so impressed by the leaps and bounds Shays made as a defender, not necessarily mm-hmm. as a one-on-one point-of-attack defender or anything like that, but his off-ball defense, his ability to – Specifically, if somebody's posting up around him and like you know calling for the ball out of a post up, you can almost guarantee Shea's coming up to poke that ball out from behind him. And he's he's so good at the timing of it. He's so good at using his length to you know really make it difficult for the defender to you know protect the basketball. Um, but you know, as much as I talk about his off ball defense, man, there was a possession late in the game. Like the Warriors were trying to come back. 
Um, they got the ball to Steph. He ran around a couple of screens. They got the ball back to Clay. I think it was Dort or Wiggins guarding Steph at this point, but they got the ball back to Clay, and Shea was guarding Clay. And Shea Gildas Alexander legitimately put the Thunder Killer Clay Thompson. He legitimately him put him in jail. Like, yeah, he locked him down. He tried side to side. He tried step back. Shea was with him every step of the way. He drove in. He was pushing him all the way. Shea was not moving. He was standing his ground. Like he legitimately put him in jail. Uh, and actually, that possession led to an Isaiah Joe steal, which led yep. to Dante Vincenzo steal. Yeah. I was going to say that that was on my list of like, if the Thunder blew this game, I had that in the back of my head of like Isaiah Joe. That was a bad, that was bad. Yeah. But I mean, it, it was just, okay. Just was leaps whatever. and bounds, man. And it like, you know, you hear Andrew Slex talks about all the time, like your brain can go to crazy places when you think about A, B, C, or D. Like, when I think about the prospect of a realized chat, a realized Jalen Williams, Lou Dort out there, and Josh Giddy, who's been improving defensively as his body grows and as he, you know, accustoms himself to the speed of the game. And then Shea Gilgis Alexander, like, the defense is going to be insane, man. Mm-hmm. Giddy played small ball five tonight, by the way. Yeah, I was, I was going to say, did we talk about Giddy yet? Has he been mentioned not yet I was, he, I was letting somebody else get it i was gonna say he he casually just did like a 17 11 and 17 and we, we just didn't talk about it and you know what the most important like the most impressive thing about that stat line is he had three turnovers he had 17 yeah, assists and three turnovers only three as the secondary ball handler on the team at 20 years old in his second year in the nba <laughs> Against the defending against. champions. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, come on. Against the team Hell that yeah. wanted to draft him. Hell yeah. Yeah, man. He, I mean, let's talk about him, man. Giddy was on one tonight. Like, um, early on, he felt kind of uh, not really shying away. It was just like there was a couple possessions in particular. He got Curry in the post, and he was backing him down. I was like, oh, barbecue chicken. Like, he's yeah. you're taking him all the way, and he, he passed it out. I'm like, what are you, what are you doing? Like, you're, you're six foot nine, six foot ten. Like, Curry's, like, six inches shorter than you, infinitely smaller than you. Like, just take it to the cup, and he wouldn't do it. But uh, coming out of the second half, I think Giddy had, like, three straight buckets. He got to the line two straight times, made all four of his free throws. And his aggressiveness really helped us, you know, um, weather the storm as, you know, Golden State did what Golden State does and started making even more threes, making even more shots. And, you know, cutting into that lead, building their own lead, like Giddy was really able to steady steady the ship uh, with his aggressiveness. And just the way he was slicing the defense up, man, I mean, 17 assists is impressive no matter how long you've been in the league. But like I said, as a second-year player, um, and as a secondary ball handler, like you can call Giddy the point guard because he's a better passer all you want. Like Shea has the like Shea controls possessions. Shea is the lead guard for the Oklahoma City Thunder, and you know Giddy he handles the ball a lot. Like he probably has a pretty high usage rate, but Shea's the lead guy and Giddy's the complimentary ball handler. And for him to get 17 assists, man, that's that's crazy. You know what I love about his game? 
what do is you he doesn't get he doesn't get bored with what works. There were three mm-hmm. consecutive possessions in the second half that he got the ball and was able to maneuver himself and create a window, and then he got it to Sarge down low, and Sarge was able to put it up for a bucket. Three times in a row. It's like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Like, I'm, we're going to punish you with the same thing until you, until you correct it. And, like, some guys may get bored with that and be like, oh, I got to do something extra. I got to do something different. And he's like, well, you gave this to me three times in a row. I'm going to make you pay three times in a row. That's for a 20 year old to like, to just do that, to just hammer that. That's awesome. And then you see, you see points where he's like, okay, I'm able to find a sliver in the, in the defense. And I know I'm big. So I'm going to be able to go strong to the hoop. He really drives strong on that left side. When he can, when he could finish on that left side, he goes really hard Mm -hmm. um, at that block. And you see, you see that sometimes when he dips that shoulder down, you're like, okay, he's he's going to the hoop, and it's going to take somebody being physical to stop him. That aggressiveness and that decisiveness, while not being bored with what works, is just that's phenomenal, and that's exactly what you need as a like third or fourth best player potentially on a contending team. So, Ooh. I'm. I don't even know. Like, I can't even tell you what his ceiling is. It's he just does so many things well on the floor when he's actively engaged and aggressive. Um, it definitely felt though in the first half, kind of like how Chris Paul felt early on uh, in games that one year with us, mm-hmm. uh, with us being the Thunder, not the Hornets. Um, <laughs> where he would actively be looking to get other people involved. And then he'd pick his moments in crunch time to like get his, it kind of felt like that early on with, with Giddy yeah. in getting other people involved. Right. I think like the way I, I always think about it is like with Chris Balling and kind of hopefully with Giddy, it's sort of like a, in, in football, if you have a game plan and you stick to it and it keeps working, you just keep doing it. Like if the run game works, you keep running the ball. And if pass game works, you keep passing the ball. You just keep doing the same strategy that's been working, which any experienced football offensive or defensive coordinator is going to do. And the fact that, like you said, a 20 year old is doing that same mental strategy is, is awesome. Um, But the other thing, and I mentioned this also in the, the our text chain at the end of the game. Um, I think also something we have to kind of like think about with this win is that yes, we we won. That's great, but also the Warriors didn't shoot as well as they could have shot. They were missing a lot of wide open threes in the fourth quarter. And just looking kind of like big picture at the team stats, the fact that uh, we shot 46% from three on 37 attempts versus about 40% on 51 attempts is 
something that probably also factors into this overall win. So that's not to discredit the individual performances of the people we've already credited, but we also have to account for the fact that overall as a team, we also kind of dug this one out since it was into ended up being a close scoring game. We kind of dug this one out from a little bit of we made our shots and they didn't when it mattered most. Yeah, but I mean, for all intents and purposes, like this was a full strength Golden State Warriors team, a, a team that is yeah, fresh absolutely in the championship. I mean, no, no, absolutely. Wiggins, I'm not discrediting yeah. that at oh, all. Wiggins, not, I forgot about Wiggins. My that. apologies. Yeah, minus Wiggins, but I, I'm not discrediting that at all. This was yeah, Steph, Clay, Draymond, everyone but Wiggins was there. So very impressive win. Not discrediting that, but. I, I remember in the fourth quarter, I was I was watching, and Jordan Poole and Clay Thompson were getting some wide open threes, and they were missing those shots. And you know, just thinking, uh, just thinking like maybe a little more cynical, maybe more pessimistic. Like those are the types of shots you have to contend if you are going to be a competitive team in the future. And they and the fact that they were open was a little discrediting, but they missed them tonight. So it was okay. Didn't really matter. I, I would retort and say that um, it doesn't matter what level of team you are. Clay Thompson's going to find his way to shoot open threes. <laughs> and the, well, he, no, he has I, four rings to prove that. <laughs> I, I think defensively, I, I think it was less the – offensive scheme from the Warriors and just more of the defensive scheme of our, of us uh, because, well, maybe I, maybe I, I shouldn't say that because some of them were off of uh, missed shots, rebounds and pass outs. But um, I just, one of the mental notes in my head as we were kind of starting to record was, man, we really let a lot of open sh- three-pointers happen tonight, and a lot of them missed. And that's great for us. But also, like, that's something to keep in mind in the future, is if we're allowing a lot of open threes, maybe not a good thing. So, be a little... Not as maybe it was a little more simple than what I was thinking, but uh, the point is what I was thinking is we're allowing a lot of open shots. I just kind of noticed that tonight. Part of it is our defensive scheme, so we're playing a quasi zone with over help as soon as the ball enters the paint. And when the ball slides around, that leaves us very vulnerable in the corner. Um, there, I can point like I can't even tell you how many times a game that somebody's shooting a wide open three from the corner because of us having to help on one side and the ball gets swung to the other. I do think that once we get Chet back, that that's going to be less of an impact because we're not going to have to help as much in the paint. But I, I definitely agree for the the remainder of this season, that's going to be an issue. 
Yeah, and yeah. but like I was saying, like contextually, like this is close to full strength Warriors team. Yes, they're missing Andrew Wiggins. He's a big part of that, but they still have a really good team. They have one of the best players, uh, one of the best shooters that, or two of the best shooters to ever play the game. Um, and we were missing arguably our second best player and one of our most important players in Kendrick Williams rotation pieces and Alex Pokshevsky and our number two pick in the NBA draft and Chet Holmgren. So like there's, there's, yeah. there's asterisks, you know, all around. Yeah. Bottom, exactly. bottom line is like the thunder was able to uh, pull out a late game victory against the Warriors when they shot 40% basically from three as a team. So like that's, that's that's impressive. That's good, but let's let's not harp on that. Let's get to our quick hits here and um, just kind of expounding on some of Tyranny's triple large item. Uh, again, I got to talk about Usman Jang. Shout out Jang Gang once again. Like this was his coming out party. Had eleven points, five rebounds, two steals, four seven from the field, two or four from deep, one or two from the stripe, and I think he had eight points at halftime. Um, he made a three-pointer late in the second quarter, and then he made a sidestep three-pointer at the buzzer for halftime. And, yeah, just, just shout-out Ooze. Uh, strip, strip Curry one time actually had, mm-hmm. like, I wouldn't say he had Curry in jail, but he did a really good job of staying in front and, you know, contesting uh, shots on Curry. I don't know. I don't think Curry scored on him in terms of shooting. I think he might have drove past him one time, but I was really impressed with his de- defense tonight as well. Um, so that's a quick hit I have. What about you, Moles? You got a quick hit for us? Definitely that. That would have been my quick hit. Um, there was one where uh, he came off a screen. He being Curry came off a screen, and Oosh just couldn't close in time, but like mm-hmm. that happens to everyone. Um there was one possession though where Curry kind of tried everything with a with a step and a and a um, like a his jab step to the right, to come back to the left to create that more uh, more of that space, mm-hmm. and then if the defender overplays it, you know Steph likes to lean in and create the contact. Oost did a good job of closing that space without leaving himself vulnerable for a potential you know foul on a three point shooter. Um, so he, he closed that gap. He kept his hands up. He stayed vertical, really a heads up play. And he at times has been disengaged on the defensive end. Um, like he doesn't know where to go. We saw that firsthand, uh, in the Cavs game when Baisley was having to kind of direct him where to go this time around against the team that puts you in hell having to cover every inch of the floor Oosh seemed like he was in the right spot always like i wanted him i trusted him uh to be there to defend as well and he used his size exceptionally well against these guys um and helping to close that space where normally like most people can't get there so very good coaching you could tell that he's been working on that end and he was more aggressive I think that he's getting the confidence on one end, like offensively, and that's giving him a lot more confidence on the defensive end. So um, he's performing at a level that we were hoping that we would see Trey Mann perform right mm-hmm. now. And I'm I'm very impressed with that. Yeah. Um, 
just shout out to the bench in general, man. Uh, I, was, I was just looking at the box score here. 41 points between the four players. Um, and then Sarich, 14, 5, 6, 8 from the field, 1-1 one, one from 3. And we kind of had this conversation in our group chat. Like, Moose was great because he provided high-volume three-point shooting. And, you know, if he was on, he was on. Like, he could put, he could make six or seven threes for you in a game. But there were some th- nights that he was off, and there wasn't other ways that he could really contribute at this stage in his career uh, to wins. And the thing about Sarge is, yeah, he has the ability to step out there and knock down the shots, but he's a guy that can really muck it up inside. Like, he's deceptively strong. Like, I remember Sarge used to be lanky, like, back in his Philly days. But, like, he's deceptively strong, and he, like, you know, he can actually bang down low and finish through contact. And he's a really crafty player as well. Um, He had one assist. He had another one off of just absolutely beautiful bounce pass uh, on in transition. I think it was the ooze, and ooze couldn't get a good handle on it. Like, but yeah, I've I've been very impressed with Dario's minutes here lately. Uh, Super Dario's leveling up. Yes, Dario is going to be my last minute um, person. If you if you would have asked me that, like you did, Matty Moles, but that's okay, Dylan. Well, I, I, we, we've been talking 50 minutes about two games. I was just trying to <laughs> pres- pro- progress. Um, I do just have to say one more thing. Uh, the best is yet to come for Usman Jane. That guy's literally oozing with potential. So, um, oh. With that being said, uh, we're going to take a break to hear a word from our sponsors. And when we're back, we're going to do a 2021 redraft. And we're back after work from our sponsors. It is time for the 2021 redraft. Now, we're not going to do the entire draft. We're not going to even do the entire first round. We're just going to do the first 14 picks. Um, actually, it would have been fun to go 18 picks because we had picked 16, 18 in this draft. But it's okay. We'll just do 14. Um, and uh, I'm going to let Tierney go first. Are you kidding me? It's so much pressure. <laughs> I'm going to let uh, Moles, you want a second? Sure. Oh, sure. All right. Oh, sure. So, all right, so Tierney, in redraft, the number one pick. Um, You know, we're not, we're not thinking about teams here. We're just th- wait, in a vacuum, redraft, based on their performance, based on potential, whatever you want to base it on, in a redraft, who are you taking number one? So we talked about this earlier about how, you know, thinking about rookie of the year, Jalen Williams, they don't always give it to the best statistically impressive player. They give it to maybe the team that's has a winning record, which is why Scotty Barnes received rookie of the year in this uh, draft. Um, Evan Mobley, statistically had, in my opinion, a better year, but was not a part of a team that was as uh, as winning. Um, so, because of that, I will go with Evan Mobley as the number one pick. Um, that's not to say that Cade has the potential to be number one, but with injuries and other things, haven't seen it yet, so it's mm-hmm. a little hard to gauge. Um, I still really like Cade. 
as in, and as a personal opinion, I think he's still going to be really good. But we haven't seen it yet, so I'm. If we're just drafting based off what we've seen so far, I'm going to go Evan Mobley, number one. Yeah, yeah and I, I don't think you're going to get any argument out of me or Moles on Mobley going number one. So uh, you did Thank good, goodness. man. Um, Moles, goodness. going to you for number two. I also feel like this is pretty easy. Um, I mean, I'm going to go Cade. Just because he's got such incredible potential, I know we haven't seen it um, for a long, long spurts. But, but like, even in a redraft, I I would think that Cade would go that high. Obviously, there are a couple of other guys um, who are going to go off the board here pretty quick. But um, we're not considering team, right? It's just players. Yeah, just players. Vacuum. But I I think like. To be out on Cade at this point, um, for for what his potential is, like he was he was the unanimous number one pick, like across the board for a reason in this draft. I I think he will be a max guy. I do think that by the time he's in his second contract, he's going to be starting to reach that potential. So yeah, Cade number two. Okay. Yeah. I don't hate it. I wouldn't have him number two, but I understand your reasoning. Um, for for number three, I'm going with Franz Wagner. Um, I just feel like, Ooh. I mean, this is a guy that, I mean, he was picked after Josh Giddy. He was picked after Jonathan Manga. He was picked after his teammate Jalen Suggs. But this is a guy that is averaging 18.8 points right now, uh, about four rebounds, four assists per game on uh, 487 37 and a half 83.6 uh, percentages um, he's 6'9 can handle the ball can play make can play off ball is a legitimate like knockdown shooter I'm trying to see what his attempts are so that that 37 and a half is on about four and a half tenths per game so like solid volume from shooting and has the ability to play defense. Uh, he's been a true revelation in this draft class, and I, I feel feel pretty strongly about him being number three here. I actually would have picked him number two for what it's worth. But hmm. Hmm. all right, going to you, Tyranny, number four. Hmm, interesting. Um, so interesting that you would pick a um, you you would say such a a forward for the magic is performing really well and perhaps um, taking away from another magic forward who um, might be going for rookie of the year this year. So interesting. Um, I, Oh, what's happening here? Page is unresponsive, whatever. Oh no. Um, I will go with the literal rookie of the year. This draft class. Uh, because I think that even though we've made the argument, as I said earlier, that his stats were not everything, he did have good stats. He was, he did perform well. Um, and he was also part of a winning team. And so I think Scotty Barnes is absolutely deserving to still be in the top picks for this, uh, draft because, um, I, I just think if you look at I can't pull it up right now because my, my website's not loading right now. 
but um, if I remember correctly, it was like, oh, I'm going to go off the top of my head. So this is probably going to be horrible. Uh, it was like 13 points per game, his rookie season. It was like seven rebounds and like five assists, something like that. So he was at 15.3 points, seven and a half rebounds, okay. three and a half assists. Okay. 1.1 still, 0.7 blocks. Yeah. Um, so just based off his rookie, I haven't really looked at his sophomore year at all. Um, but just based off that, like that, that to me is a really good player, a lot of promise. Um, and from the small spurts I've seen in him this year, just from highlights and stuff, uh, I think he's still, a. I, I think he's definitely top five player in this draft class. So I, I am very confident saying Scotty Barnes goes number four. It's actually eerily similar, or it's actually like just eerie how similar his stats are from last year to this year at this point. Um, the exact same in points per game, but everything else is separated by like just like incremental value. Um, I mean, he, he's shooting better from the free throw line, shooting worse from three, but like the volume, the percentages. The counting stats that are also similar. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. And let's, you know, I, he's on a, he's on a different, uh, I think the fact that Siakam's there kind of throws a wrench in things. Cause I feel like he kind of plays a similar position to him. So maybe that's affecting his growth a little bit. I don't know, but I just, I think there's a, it's hard to gauge first to second year, even with the um, with the type of caliber team they've got and the players they've got around um, that team. It's it's hard to gauge like what his true potential is, but I still think he's a really good player. Um, so I don't know. I just feel confident with my pick. Gonna go All ahead. right, Moles. Who do you have for five, sir? Josh Giddy goes off yeah, the board here. Yep. Um, yep. Really weird. One. So I was I was very very high on Jalen Green, who's still on the board. Um, I thought I that Jalen. I thought Jalen Green was going to be like another. I'm not going to necessarily say Tracy McGrady, but like that impactful of a player offensively. And he just he's so inefficient. He seems so disinterested. Mm-hmm culture in general for team growth and develop personal player development. Like it's just such a terrible situation in Houston. So perhaps it would be different if he was elsewhere, but um, yeah, Jalen green continues to slide Josh giddy. We see everything, you know, the thunder podcast here, but again, we don't know what his ceiling is. And I had Cade Cunningham, you know, second, you could easily argue that Josh giddy's trajectory is uh, very similar um as to what you could expect if if they reach their peak um i i just he moves up a spot i know he's drafted at six and it seems like it's a slight for him to only move up one but this was a very stacked draft class in general so good we got good value where we got him i don't want that to be a slap in the face but yeah he has to go here you guys ready for a hot take Uh Uh-oh, I'm ready. Hit me. 
I would actually take Giddy Four in this. Over over Scotty. Uh, Scotty? I mm-hmm. actually don't think that's a hot of a take, to be honest. I can I can see that. I can just see Giddy's game translating more than Scotty. Like obviously we know what Scotty can do uh, in terms of defensively, but like you know, Giddy uh, let, let me pull up his shooting stats really quick because right now Scotty Barnes is shooting 30% or under from three. His three uh, is not great. In this past couple of years. I'm like, you know, that's that's what the league is. And this year, yeah, Giddy's shooting 31.4. That's not, not great. So it kind of contradicts what I'm trying to say here. But <laughs> we've seen – I hate it when that happens. Yeah, but we've seen Giddy take full control of an offense. Like – just by his ability to play make. Like, yeah, Scotty Barnes can pass a little bit. He has a little bit of playmaking chops. But in terms of just, like, taking control of an offense uh, with your playmaking ability, we haven't seen that out of him. And we've seen it out of Giddy in multiple instances. And I think that that package with the fact that we know um, just how um, – competitive and driven Josh Giddy is as a person, like based off of mm-hmm. like the interviews that we heard from like Andrew Gaze and talking about his dad and um, everything like that. Like I, I believe this guy has that dog in him. I believe he's going to improve and I believe that he's going to add that shot and we got Chip England to help him do it. So uh, I'm taking Giddy over Scotty Barnes and already draft personally. You can call me crazy if you want. I understand. I don't think that's crazy at all. All right, well, uh, now, I mean, I, I've got to take Jalen Green here just off potential. I mean, counting stats-wise, like, Jalen Jalen Green's still out there getting buckets, and there's still, you know, games whenever he'll he'll go out there and you know, he'll drop 30, 40 points easily. And, I mean, he's averaging 21.7, um, 3.8 rebounds, 3.6 assists. And, you know, Moles talked about his efficiency. Like, he's shooting 33.9% on 7.5 attempts from three per game, 41% from the field. So, like, yeah, the efficiency isn't great. But that almost – and Moles kind of talked about it whenever he was talking about Jalen Green. Like, he went to the absolute worst possible place that he could have gone for his career. Like, I was super high on Jalen Green. I considered, like, I think I had him over Evan Mobley, and I think I almost put him over Kate Cunningham um, in my final uh, draft board. Like, just because I was so confident in his ability to just be a bucket getter and, like, to be a bucket getter of, like, the top percent in the NBA. And I still think he has that ability, but he's formed so many bad habits in a team and an organization Mm -hmm. that has no direction has no plan, has no accountability, has no culture. Like, it's it's the worst possible place for Jalen Green. And I just believe in a vacuum, mm-hmm. if you could get him to just a semi-functional organization and situation, I think that he could thrive and kind of show you what I saw in him in the pre-draft process. Yeah, I agree. That I think honestly, that's why he was picked number two is because in a vacuum, he was the best player. But in terms of the Rockets, not not what they it, it doesn't work for whatever reason. Um, 
now it gets interesting tyranny at seven i have my pick already um what you got i was one i was wondering i was gonna pick between one of these two players um so you picked the other one i'm interested i ever since and i know this is i listen i know this is crazy i do this all the time i'm probably gonna do it again during the tournament this year but when jalen suggs hit that shot in the final four against ucla i was like this is the guy this is the dude he's the man this guy is legit and so ever since then i've been like jalen suggs jalen suggs jalen suggs and uh this is the guy i'm picking at number seven um look i his his stats he's he's shooting 30 percent from three he's not awful he's not atrocious he's shooting over 40 percent from the field not atrocious he's Those on both bad for a guard dude <laughs> no it's not it's it's okay let's not say bad let's 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 be positive he's he's okay and he's on a team right now that is rock bottom with the magic so i'm going jalen suggs i still believe in this guy i think in terms of stats he he's on par with someone like jalen green in terms of shooting I know he doesn't have the the flashiness. I I sold I, I love Jalen Green in terms of the flashiness, in terms of the 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 dunks and the highlights, but I still believe in Jalen Green. So I'm gonna or sorry, Jalen Suggs, excuse me. So I'm gonna go with him for number seven and I'm just not gonna look back. All right. You're free to do that, sir. Mm-hmm. Um all right, let's go to Moles and pick number eight. Guess. Albert Shingoon. Yes, sir. Still bitter. Like, does he have limitations? I don't like. I don't know. Does he have limitations defensively? Yes. Yeah. But can he be a a really nice connector on offense? Is he a good passer? Does he have a lot in his bag and being able to score the basketball? Yes. Do you see? I see potential for like a Vucevic type of yeah. uh, career for him. I agree with um, that. And that's a really good player. So, mm-hmm. um, I mean, just look what the where Bulls... we would have picked him, yeah. Oh, my God, dude. I'm still... Yeah. Like, Trey Mann can't even see the floor tonight. He, he got zero minutes the last two games. Like, it's it's a problem. Like, I, granted, I know, I know, I know... We traded traded him away. We got the picks. We were able to trade those picks, and we got Usman Jang. Yeah, that's Ooh. fun and all that stuff. But, like, Alperin Shangoon is a useful player. He has an elite skill um, or three offensively. The guy is a good, a really good offensive weapon. And I think that he could have coexisted right alongside Chet. So, I, I'm still bitter the guy's a good player just cause we like to boo-boo on the Rockets. Like, don't get me wrong. I enjoy that pastime in Thunder Nation as well, but Shingoon's a really good player. And that's, that's, that's the one that stings 
it even stings more that he took pictures wearing a thunder hat, um, <laughs> knowing yeah. damn well he wasn't ever going to play a minute for he us. He wasn't so. there. Yeah. Yeah. See, it, it's fun. Like I, I understand the pick, and I, I don't have too much qualm with it because I feel like it's pretty close after you. Uh, get past the top six. Um, I definitely wouldn't pick Sug seven, but that's besides the point. Um, you know, you talk about how it hurts that we could have had Shingoon with that 16 pick, but that's not the player that I'm hurting that we didn't take, and it's actually the guy I'm going to take now, and it's Trey Murphy the third. I what? Bro, Trey Murphy yeah. the third, six nine, six foot ten guy, long as all get out, athletic as frick has crazy defensive potential and has shown some good defensive chops and is knocking down 38.6% of his three-point attempts on about 5.7 attempts per game. He's already averaging about 13 points per game um, coming off the bench for the Pelicans. Like, this is a guy that could provide legitimate, like, for us. Like, I know the draft's in a vacuum. I'm just saying, like, for us, this was a guy that could have provided legitimate gravity for Shea, legitimate gravity for Giddy. Uh, could have improved your defense, like, you know, flip side spin zone. If you happen, might not draft Jalen Williams or Usman Jang. So, like, I, I get that. But this type of player would fit perfectly with the Thunder and also give, like, the Thunder a high flyer. So that would have been that would have been a lot of fun to see with Josh Giddy as well. But, yeah, uh, I'm going Trey Murphy here just because um, – um, I was tempted to go with somebody else that wears the Pelicans jersey, but I think, um, <laughs> I, I think what Trey gives you offensively, and the potential that he still has to give you on both ends of the ball, um, I, I think I lean that way more. And with that, I'm going back to Tyranny for pick number ten. We've got five picks left. Okay. Listen, so when we're saying in a vacuum, what what type of vacuum are we talking about? Are we talking about like a shark? Are we talking about like when they're drafted, not only is it just a blank slate in terms of the team, but also like a blank slate in terms of the player. Let's say like hypothetically the player's previous behaviors or previous, like, you know. It's basically like if we were to just, like, strip the players from their teams they're on now, but know everything we know of them right now. Oh, okay. That's and draft what I was wondering here. Okay. So, like, they're, oh, they're types of personalities. About Primo or no, I'm just – listen, I'm just saying – don't make any assumptions. Are we just saying like the basketball skill here? Is that what we're looking at? You, you purely, have all, you have all knowledge of what's going on with like what you know now. All right. So I'm not going to take the player I was going to take based off that because <laughs> I don't like them. Um, based off of their decisions they made. I am going to go with an audible, which might be bad. Actually, that's really bad now that I think about it. I'm going to go with 
Oh, God. These are all so... You're on the clock, bro. I know. Hold on. You're about to Minnesota Vikings this. Oh, no. Crap. Bones Highland. Bones Highland. Call an audible. I had to call. Listen. Okay. Call him back. Hypothetically, hypothetically, if this was not based off of personality, just by talent, I'd go with Book Knight. But I won't because I hate him. He's awful. Bones Highland. <laughs> he is. He actually is. He's an awful human being. Uh, Bones Highland is my guy. Okay. I don't really I don't know. I don't really have enough prep for him. I didn't really look him up. But I, I liked I liked him when he played last year. So I like him yeah. now. Yeah, that's fair. I mean Bones Bones is a bucket getter. Um mm-hmm. uh, there's there's another potential bucket getter that I like over Bones, but uh let's that's see probably here. true. Moles, Someone's gonna yeah, get him. Pick eleven, who you taking? The guy who who actually went the pick after Bones Island in the real draft, uh Cam Thomas. Yeah. Um, oh, the guy. The guy is just. Uh, anytime that you can score not just forty points once, but you can do it in like back to back to back. Yeah. Like, oh my. Yeah. Like, bro. Like they got themselves something in Brooklyn with him. Um, I'm not saying he's going to be a super duper star, but like he's definitely got a. He's going to be a career like twenty point per game guy. Um, I, I think I, I just, he, there, there are people that just get it and he's a guy who gets it. He's just a professional bucket getter. Mm-hmm. And that's important because the goal is to score more buckets than the other team. So, um, yeah, Cam Thomas, there, there are a couple of really, really good players still left on the board though. Yeah, for sure. And uh cam cam's definitely the guy that i would have to stick over bones but um yeah cam i mean like you said like he has the ability to go get 40 um i mean he's the epitome of a microwave scorer um and he's he's had this ability since high school like you know when we had the no ceilings guys on there it was like listen this guy has an unlimited bag he can score any way you want to but don't ask him to do anything else. And that's, that's been the case. That's been true. And that's, I want to, I want to interrupt your pick to just say that was really rude. What you just said earlier about picking cam over bones. Listen, <laughs> I was on the clock and I don't appreciate that. You're, you're calling out. high decisions on pressure. And, and that's all I have to say. So now pick one, please. Hey, bones. Bones has a cool name though. He does. It's bones Highland. It's awesome. It is very Ruggish cool thuggish. Hey, I I also like Bones coming into the draft as well. You know, for what it's worth, um, I just I think his limitations have uh, have proven more detrimental, and maybe that's you know an exp- expectation thing because he's played for more of a contender, and Cam's doing these with the Fair. Kevin Durant with that. So you know, it could could be a little bit of that. But I guess I'm double dipping with Pelicans, and I'm taking Herb Jones and. Um, what I'm getting in Herb Jones is absolutely one of the most dogged defenders in the league. He has the length, he has the foot speed, like he has the the hip flips, like he has everything that a textbook defender would need. And 
like when when I say this, like there there was a Twitter thread going around um, the past couple of days about stars when they're guarded by Jonathan Kaminga, and I, I wanted to retweet it and be like, "Can we get an update?" Because it felt like Shea had his way with Jonathan Kaminga. It feels like Shea isn't really bothered by team's best defenders. But one guy that Shea Gildas Alexander was legitimately bothered by was Herb Jones. And it's not just Shea. Like, Herb's been doing this the past two years since he was drafted. Like, he just puts dudes in jail. And he's starting to show the ability to knock down the shot a little bit. I got to look at what his percentage is. But, like, if he can – if he can get that shot up to like a 34, 35%, right now he's at 30%, so he's in the Scotty Barnes range. But if he can get up to like 34, 35%, he could be like the epitome of a 3 and D player. Um, so, yeah, I, I like Herb Jones there. That pick, that's 12, I believe. So, uh, Tierney, you have 13, and Moles, you have 14, and I, my draft is done. <laughs> Which is good because there's it's 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 tough from here. Yeah, it is tough from here. Um, I have one guy that I like defensively, but not really any other way. Okay, I'm gonna take my full clock time here. I'm just gonna <laughs> say that now. Uh, look at all my options. If you want to, while you're doing that, I can give Moles 13 and you can pick for 14. That'd be trading my pick, Dylan. <laughs> I won't trade my pick. Moles will give you a future second. <laughs> okay, maybe. Oh, wait, hold on. I got it. Um, mm, no, wait. Hmm. Mm. I'm, so they, I'm gonna trade. Know. I'm gonna trade. I'm gonna trade. I'm gonna trade. All right, Moles, pick their trading is so Future second round pick has been traded. <laughs> so I couldn't believe that Jonathan Kaminga was still on the board. Yeah, because of his one potential. Of the guys. So I'm, I'm I'm gonna trade up and take him. But I was looking at Corey Kispert with my pick <sighs> because he's shooting 45 or excuse me 40. Uh, 42% on four and a half threes per game. And that's a very translatable skill, especially for a guy who's six, six. So mm-hmm. getting him late lottery and he went 15th, like that's about right in a better situation. Um, he'd be more valuable. So, yeah. But I'm taking Kaminga. Kaminga is definitely not good. Yep. That is fair. I mean, Kaminga definitely has the potential. Um, there was a hilarious moment tonight in which he got the ball at three-point line and Aaron Wiggins gave him the Andre Robertson treatment and just, like, immediately <laughs> went to the re- go go for the rebound as he was about to shoot it. So, uh, definitely needs to improve his three-point shot. But, yeah, he definitely has the potential athletically. And as I said, you know, there was a whole thread of, like, stats of when he's guarded star players. So, he has the defensive potential on top of, you know, what he could do offensively. So I like that. And to be fair, it's not like he's been in the best position. I'm not going to say they don't develop <laughs> players, but it's not like he gets the green light. Um, he, 
he's like maybe like fourth or fifth option. So it's a pretty tough spot that he's in in Golden State behind yeah. all those other scores. But yeah. yeah, for sure. I understand. Um, all right, Tierney, pick 14. Who'd you have? Yeah, I was thinking about Kaminga and I I shouldn't have traded. I <laughs> I liked Kesper too. I was also thinking uh Quentin Grimes. I don't know why. Okay. Davion yep. Mitchell's still out there. I know. I, I that was the defensive guy I was thinking about earlier. Um oh man. Okay. Best player in a vacuum. I'm gonna go with Scrums, Kisper, or Yeah. See, I, I want to say I was, you know what? I'm going to go, I'm going to go crazy here. I'm going to go Grimes. I think it's crazy. I'm going to, I'm going to reach all the player. Yeah. Player. He's shooting, shooting pretty well. He's been playing some good minutes. I would argue with the Knicks. The Knicks aren't, you know, with uh, Thibodeau. Maybe not the perfectly best coach team. So in a vacuum, he could play. He could have some better potential. So I'm gonna go with Quentin. Yeah, I like Quentin Grimes a lot. Uh, I joked during the Rising Stars Challenge we should trade our whole treasure chest of assets for Quentin Grimes because he was going nuclear uh, off Josh Giddy's passes. But Ooh. yeah, no, I I really like him. Knicks I, have I also like... been just really good recently. Yeah, in yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, obviously, I don't I'd have a pick, biased. but I, I do want to say that, you know, obviously this is like in a vacuum. This is just like if we were to do the draft today, knowing what we know, what would it be? So you have to factor in the guys that still have potential like Kaminga. But, like, if you were going strictly on production, how high on this list is Aaron Wiggins? And why is he in almost – he's fringe lottery. It's just such strictly production is one thing, but like mm-hmm. there's a projection for what somebody's career could be. And I'm not hating on the man who saved basketball, but um, <laughs> I, this was just such a stacked draft class. It was so stacked. Like they said it was a five man draft class and that's not counting giddy. And that's not counting Franz Wagner. Right? Like, Mm-hmm. There's just so much talent in this class and lots of guys that contributed even later down the line. So I think definite first rounder, yeah. but man, like there's some good players that we haven't even mentioned yet. Yeah. He gets drafted over Trey man. He gets drafted over Jeremiah Robinson Earl easily, easily clears easily. Yes. I and- think, yeah, I think right. he's first round. I don't think he's lottery, right? I think I think he's close because, like, you look I at some like of these being... picks in the first round. Daron yeah. Sharp, Jaden Springer, which I hated I him know. going into the draft, but um, but I Josh also Christopher I also think we we've, we've I also think we've looked at him a lot more than everybody else. Like we've watched more minutes of him. And I feel like that kind of creates 
some team bias. Like I, I'm all, I'm, I'm totally with you guys. I'm, I, when I was first thinking about all of these picks, I was like, oh yeah, he would go first round. He would go first round. Like all of our Thunder guys would be like higher than I would originally have put them. But then I'm like, well, I've also watched all of them a lot more. So I'm a little more biased. And so I don't know. I was just thinking that like, I, I think he's close. I think he's close to lottery, but like, is he definitively lottery? Bias me would say yes, but I feel like thinking thinking more like realistic. Perhaps not. Just a thought. Just yeah, a thought. yes, possible. Um, so the Lakers Grizzlies game just wrapped up, and the Lakers won. So before we get out of here, oh, I, I just want to take a look okay. at the standings because. Would have yeah, been nice for them to lose the that Grizzlies game. Loss. Yeah. Well, well, we we would rather the Lakers have lost uh, that game. Um, yeah, no, for the play for playing. Yeah, I just meant it was interesting that they. Yeah. Well, Jaw's out, so yeah, and I think yeah. they had zero points like going like midway through the third quarter. So that's never a recipe for victory. But um, no. On the night, the Mavs beat the Jazz, so that's helpful. Knocks them down a little bit. Uh, the Sixers beat the Timberwolves, also helpful. Uh, looks, and then obviously we beat the Warriors, that helps. And yeah, it, it would have been a perfect night if the Grizzlies was able to pull it out against the Lakers, but alas. So right now we sit at Damn 11th. It. We are tied for ninth with the Pelicans and the Lakers. We are two games back from eighth technically two games back from seventh um and two and a half games back from six and five so we are still very much in the thick of it um i think i feel pretty confident that you could just mark tomorrow as an l uh but then Mm -hmm. after that we're right back in it man yeah i i think i don't know how much how in depth we want to go into like play in or not play in i think we had a question i i in this segment this is the segment of i i posted on twitter our topic thunder twitter if we want to do any questions without anybody asking me and i got a couple and somebody asked oh, about nice. the play in so maybe we want to jump into it oh um, we're making the play in i'm i'm declaring that that is happening 100 percent. Um, i'm going the opposite way so we'll just we're just gonna you but have all right you, there. man. You have all you. <laughs> I'm no, still. Wow. I'm definitively in. Like we should not be in the plan. I think it's pointless. And just, just get a pick. Why not get a pick? Just get a pick. Right, There's... right now. Well, you could still get a pick if you don't make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're in the. Play-in. I know, but just get um, a better pick. So right now, uh, it's New Orleans, the Lakers, uh, Minnesota, and the Clippers, who are the four teams in the West in the play-in. Mm-hmm. The Thunder and the uh, Blazers are tied, but the uh, tiebreakers go to the Lakers and the Pelicans. So um, that's where we stand right now, but OKC has won three in a row. Yep. So... Um, and four, four and six in their last 10. 
and we're two games behind, just two games behind the Los Angeles Clippers, who we have a pick swap with. So there's still a non-zero chance that we can make the play in, knock the Clippers out, and get the pick swap and get the get their pick. So that's still a possibility, and that that's a fun possibility in my opinion. So um, it is fun, that is for sure. Yeah, and I'm, just two and a half games behind Golden State and the Mavericks as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, behind so. the five seeds. So I mean, it's it's still tight in the Western Conference, man. And it's super tight. I, I think the Jazz are pretty much punting, but we'll definitely be battling with the likes of Portland, both of the Los Angeles teams, New Orleans, as they crater without Zion, and uh, and even Minnesota. So. It's, it's going to be interesting, and I uh, can't wait to see how it plays out. And Memphis, potentially, if they if they yep. free fall with all this that's going on. Yeah. Weird Josh's situation, by the way. I don't know if we've talked about that before, but just... I'd, I'd, I'd rather not. <laughs> just weird. It's just weird. He, he, could be missing, out there. he could be missing some significant time. Yeah. 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 I don't know. We don't have to talk about it a lot. Just weird. Yeah. That's all I wanted to say. Yeah, yeah, it's it. You know, I I hope the best for everybody involved, but mm-hmm. it it is weird from the outside looking in. So that's that's all I got to say on that, um, yeah. fellas. I am tired. So yeah, me too. I'm also tired. <laughs> I I think we've exhausted all of our talking points. Uh, we've exhausted all my energy. Um, so I think this is the time we're going to put it into the podcast. After Mulse tells me why he's holding a finger up at me. Um, so coming up real quick for the rest of the week, we've got at Phoenix oh, yeah. on Wednesday Lost. and then, uh, then mm-hmm. we have a back to back Saturday, Sunday at new Orleans and then at San Antonio, mm, which I'm not going to go. I'm not going to be able to go to the San Antonio game oh, man. because I'm going to be in Texas, uh, Hill country, uh, doing winery tours, uh, as spring so break fancy. with my wife. So, um, but yeah, so Two tough games and then one easy game to wrap up the week. Uh, second night of a back-to-back tomorrow and then another back-to-back this weekend. Real quick, what do you think we go? I think we go one and two in that stretch. Oh, I say two and one. Two. I think we lose the one and two just because you know we're sitting Shea, we're sitting Jalen Williams, and we're playing the Suns and Kevin Durant and Devin so Booker and Chris have- Paul and DeAndre Ayton. And I, yeah, I think we, I think we beat the Pelicans because Shea will be back. Theoretically, Jalen Williams will be back. Hopefully, fingers crossed. And then the Spurs, I think that we can sit Shea and the core of Jalen Williams, Josh Giddy, and the other pieces will be enough to overcome the Spurs. We could play Rumble and win against San Antonio. <laughs> We'd be fine. What do you think? D- double jumpers. Ah, you guys are playing too predictable for this. It is, uh, it is going to be a loss, and then a win, and then a loss. So I'm going one and two, but we lose the Spurs. That would be disappointing. I I almost guarantee it. This this team loses to the worst teams and beats the best teams. <laughs> we just saw it happen. We, we just beat the Warriors. Pretty much fully loaded Warriors. And then they're going to go turn around and lose the Spurs 
with with no reason whatsoever. I I I am more confident in that prediction than any other thing I've said on this podcast to this this point. One and two, but we lose to the Spurs on our last stint of this run. Call yeah. it. It's been a while since we've lost to a bad team. Uh, the last time we lost to a bad team was the Rockets on the 1st of February. So, Ho- hopefully, and I think the that. last time I was on a podcast was about a month ago. So, there we go. Connect the dots. All right. Well, I think we I think we covered it. Can't wait to come back next week and say that we are uh, we were successful with the two and one record prediction. One and two, baby. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Anyways, I hope everybody has a great night. God bless. Hoop when you can. And as always, thunder up. Thunder up. Thunder up. Thank you for listening to the Topic Thunder podcast. Our podcast is available to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play, or anywhere else you listen to your podcast. Be sure to leave us a five star rating and a positive review, and follow us on Twitter at OKC Topic Thunder. Thunder up. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.